innovation is always driven by getting to more and more customers, understanding their needs and adapting your platform to service almost as real-time requirements of the marketplace. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Pratish Sanyal, and you're listening to The 1% Project, conversations that will help you understand how some of the smartest minds build, scale, and operate new ideas and ventures. If you enjoy these conversations, do share and subscribe. My next guest on The 1% Project is Mahi De Silva. Mahi is a serial entrepreneur. His startup, Ad Marvel, was acquired by Oprah, and within the first month of acquisition, AdMarvel was able to 10x Oprah's browser monetization. His latest stint, Amplify.ai, was acquired by Triller recently. Mahi is a graduate of University of Kansas and Stanford. He started off his career at Apple, went on to joining the founding team of Verisign, and then became the GM of their wireless business. Mahi has a very unique way of identifying customer problems and building businesses such as Amplify.ai and AdMarvel. In this conversation, he talks about his journey from Apple to Amplify.ai, how he looks at building businesses and identifying customer problems, customer retention versus customer acquisition, and how being an engineer helped him being an effective CEO. Welcome, Mahi, to The 1% Project. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Congratulations for Thriller's acquisition. You kicked off your career as a tennis instructor back in college. So do give us a background of your journey and how Amplify happened. Yeah, you know, I'll maybe even start a little bit before that. I was born in Sri Lanka. And as an 11-year-old, my parents moved to the United States. I left, I grew up in Colombo, which is a very cosmopolitan place. And I moved to the middle of nowhere in the United States in Wichita, Kansas. And it was a much less cosmopolitan place than where I came from. But it definitely shaped my journey in life in understanding that my parents were always, because they were professors or very academically oriented, they set a standard for us on what was the bar we had to cross. And my, my dad brought home an Apple II computer when I was in middle school. And that was, I fell in love with computers. As a result of that, I learned basic and, and then Pascal and a bunch of other languages. And I was hooked. That was my journey into being a technologist. And I, I would just say, I grew up in the golden age in the United States where if you were a reasonably smart and ambitious person, the world was your oyster. You could go to a pretty decent university, study I studied electrical engineering, computer science in college. The opportunities were far and wide. I got a chance to come work at Apple in their advanced software division in the late 80s. And that really shaped my career. It helped me understand what it meant to build products that were not just about your aspirations, but a collective wisdom and setting a very high bar as to what was good and what was not. And uh, I spent eight years at Apple and, and then had the good fortune of being part of the founding team at VeriSign. I was a graphics geek in the mid-90s 
I joked that I couldn't even spell security. And I had to figure out how public keys and private keys and crypto technologies work. It worked out okay. I spent 10 years at, at VeriSign Help. I'm very proud that I helped shape the security sort of building blocks for the internet. Things that I worked on are still survive today. That's very rewarding. I shifted gears of VeriSign from being a VP of engineering, looking after the product development into a general management role running a business, helping get the company into new businesses. We did 43 acquisitions when I was at VeriSign. So all of those were just amazing learning opportunities. And after 10 years, I decided I wanted to do something on my own and built a couple of companies in that process. And recently, one of those latest endeavors, we were able to merge with Triller and, and we're now on a much broader journey. And before Amplify happened, you did uh, build Ad Marvel as well. That became a big part of Oprah. So tell us, how do you think about building a business? How do you find a niche? Where do you see the need of the consumer is and go about it? That, that's an amazingly great question because I think that for entrepreneurs who are always motivated by Whatever it is, like we want a better opportunity to express our, tal our talents or we see an opportunity in the marketplace. I think above all else, what I've always embraced is find a problem that nobody else is adequately addressing. And like with Ad Marvel, we were, I'll tell you a funny story, which, which just seems really funny now, but back in 2000, 2008. I had a pretty good Rolodex at the time, and I went to New York, which is really the center of the universe of the advertising world. And I met with really the captains of industry around hmm. advertising. And I showed them what we were building. The iPhone had just come out. We showed them full screen ad experiences. And these are people that were running multi-billion dollar ad businesses. And they said, look, you're telling me that I'm going to take my banner ads I show on Yahoo and other websites. I'm going to shrink that down by 60% and people are going to click on those things. And I told them, no, you're thinking about this the wrong way. It's the screen. It's a full screen. You have the entire screen. You can really create uh, brand narratives. And they wouldn't have really any part of that conversation. I, I literally got laughed out of some of those offices. But we believe, we really believed in the potential. We stayed our course, we proved that out. And today, if you go back to those people and you ask them, did you think that mobile advertising would account for 66% of digital ad dollars today, they'd be a little embarrassed. Yeah, But I, I go back to just finding a real problem. And in the ad business, it was about customer engagement. It was about measurement. It was about audiences, attribution. And mobile let us do that in ways that desktop and browsers really didn't let us do that before. How did the idea or the acquisition with Oprah happen? How did you find that to be a complementary stage to merge Ad, ad Marvel with them? 
Yeah, I, I love talking about this story because Opera, as, as you might know, was a very popular mobile browser, had majority market share in parts of Europe and markets like India, Indonesia. But they didn't, they couldn't monetize their traffic. Hmm. And the head of digital advertising at Opera happened to find us and we integrated our solution with them. And I think in the first month, we 10x'd their monetization wow. on their browser. And it's a great story because he basically went to his management and said, look, this is the answer. We need these guys. And so it ensued that we, we were acquired by Opera. But even a better story is that individual, his name is Halvor Halgo, who was the head of marketing there. And I worked with him very closely at Opera for six years. He's now part of our company. We've been able to close the circle in really doing something transformational in a different industry. Brilliant. And going from Ad Marvel to Amplify, how did that journey happen? What did you see the market needed? And both these businesses were in very competitive space. Right. There are a lot of ad agencies, digital agencies as well. At the same time, when I look at Amplify, there are other similar products across different segments. So how did you think about doing Amplify and how do you differentiate yourself? Yeah, it's a great question, Pratish. I, I would tell you the motivation for us were twofold. One was at Opera. We were, we had built one of the, the few businesses outside of Google and Facebook that was doing billions of ad impressions a day. At peak, it was about 50 billion um, ad impressions a day. And we were drowning in data. Mm -hmm. And one of our team members who is always very focused on understanding the latest technology, he built a machine learning infrastructure that allowed us to look at all this data we were getting, everything from location signals, context, what publishers, where the user was, what, the, what was the time of day, all of these things. And using machine learning was able to distill that information, literally terabytes of information a day, and turn that into actionable data in real time. And I, a lot of us in the company, we're all geeks. And I remember studying, quote unquote, artificial intelligence in, in college. And this was an eye-opening experience for us. Like it, it transformed our business. It actually, between 2012 and 2013, it added a hundred million dollars of revenue to our business. And so we knew that AI and ML technology was real. It wasn't just what we studied about academically. And then when we left Opera after, and it was funny because Opera was acquired by this big Chinese company. And I spent a lot of time, myself and Manoj, our, my co-founder, we spent a lot of time in Beijing. And we were amazed at how WeChat was such a, um, huge impact on yeah. consumers in China. Yeah. So we saw the aha moment was seeing the combination of social messaging and AI technologies to create a really different 
type of consumer interaction. And that was the motivation to, to start Amplify.ai. I think that leads to my next question. You said that you were a guy, let's say a bunch of nerds, right? Engineering background, mostly. But now you were at the management level, running businesses. So how advantageous was it to think like an engineer while you're running it as a CEO? What are the advantages or things that you needed to learn as you grew these two businesses? Yeah, again, another great question. And I would tell you that I've always considered as a silent mentor, people like Kosla in Silicon Valley, who made that jump, right? Was a technologist in the beginning, got his MBA, really helped build Sun Microsystems into what he was. And I got a chance to work with him when he was at Kleiner Perkins at VeriSign. And then he helped fund my first company, uh, Frengo. And the thing that I learned from Vinod is to really understand that what we believe as geeks has to be brought to life in something that the rest of the world understands. Mm. So what does machine learning mean? It meant to us that you had to convey to brands and agencies that you could tap into this technology without really needing to understand it to create better marketing outcomes. And I think that's the chasm that any engineer turned entrepreneur turned CEO has to make is that you have to be a little bit of that translation engine between the technology, absorb the complexity, but express it in its simplest forms that is meaningful to a marketplace. I think also talking about consumers or your clients, you have the big names like Tony Robbins, too. You also worked with the Indian government through the COVID situation. And then in one of the interviews, you mentioned that a lot of your users use a lot of emojis, which all the other competitors may not be providing. So how did you get that customer insight as well as these big clients to come and join the Amplify platform? Yeah, some of it is just through trial and error and circumstance. Our early customers in India were customers like Z News that literally we, we had hundreds of millions of people interacting with our platform. And we found that first and foremost, the vernacular for Z, whether it was Z English or Z Hindi, was English. It wasn't one or the other. And because we come from a cross-cultural background, we could deal with that. But then the complexity was that there was very subtle meanings that came into a conversation that was expressed in an emoji. Because mm-hmm. if you parse the text, it would mean one thing. But when you added the emoji, it meant something completely different. Yeah. It was sarcasm or it was this notion of a adding to a certain trend that was happening. So when we added that to our natural language processing systems, it really started to produce very different results. It helped us understand who that consumer was, how we should consider, did they like that content? Did they not? Mm-hmm. How it would impact our recommendation engine? So it it was really a a bit of a transformational event. And I I credit 
these millions of interactions we saw in India early in our company that really contributed to that innovation. So I would ask customer retention or customer acquisition, which is more important and why? Yeah, and this is somewhat controversial. I would say it's customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. And, and here's why. Because, you know, where we sit, which is really at the bleeding edge of technology, we have come to understand that customers that are looking for innovation will always kick the tri- tires. They'll let you in. If you can prove yourself, they'll really let you impact their business in big ways. But companies often change tracks. Their priorities change. The economy changes. So the key to, I think, for any entrepreneur is to look at growing your business. Because sometimes in a changing economy, and in a COVID's a great example, your best customers might actually have to shut down. Hmm. And you just cannot, you can't run a grow, you can't drive a growth business on those ideals. And it also, the, the beauty of growth focus is a person I, I, I work for in the last 15 years had this really amazing phrase that he said that the scenery, the scenery only changes for the lead dog. Because if you're a pack of dogs that are pulling yeah. a sledge and you're behind, you're always looking at the dog in front of you. Yeah. Hmm. But if you're the lead dog, the scenery is always changing. It's always different. Very interesting. And I've, I've really taken that to heart, that I never espouse that you should forsake those early adopters and you should drop them or, or treat them indifferently. You have to acknowledge that they helped you get to where you are. But innovation is always driven by getting to more and more customers, understanding their needs, and adapting your platform to service almost as real-time requirements of the marketplace. How has your mindset about business evolved during the COVID years or during the COVID period? So has it changed from what it was in 2019 and now in 2021 and going forward? Yeah. And Pritesh, I have to start by saying more than half of my team is in India. And we are, as a company, we are struggling with the reality of the crisis that is happening in India today. Despite the fact that we're half a global way, we do whatever we can to try to help them. But we are also an enterprise that has really benefited from having a 24-hour operational clock, sales clock, engineering clock, all of that. And there are a lot of people, I live in Silicon Valley, there are a lot of people, if I talk to them and I say, my team is split across uh, three time zones, they're like, I never do that. I want to be in control of my entire team. I think being a person of South Asian descent, I feel like myself and my team really value the the power of that multicultural, multi-market approach. Because in many ways, those learnings that we got from, like I said, Z Media, 
we would we never would have gotten there in the mm-hmm. U.S. The scale, the scope, the diversity. So we're huge fans of moving to where the market will embrace you, and particularly in AI-driven technologies, data sets, scale, having hundreds of millions of people, billions of data points, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, true. I think my last question before we get into the rapid fire is, how did you find again the same thing i think with art marvel and uh, oprah how did thriller happen and how did you find amplified to be a great complement to thriller yeah the the partnership with thriller is a little unusual because the two guys that's really started thriller as we know it today they brought me in 2019 they invited me to be part of their initial investor pool and i was on the board so I've always had an insider view into Triller. And as two separate companies, we've leveraged each other. We've looked at some of the problems they faced that's influenced some of the technologies we built. And we, Triller used Admar, sorry, Amplify.ai in their day-to-day operations. And it got to a point that I was dividing my time between two companies and it just made much more sense to combine this. Mm. There's a ton of synergies between our technologies, our approach, our personnel. So it's a rare, you know, really a rare combination. And I think everybody on both sides are thrilled to, to having made that, that, that decision to, to merge. So I think now we come to the exciting part of this conversation, a rapid fire, one sentence or one word. And, um, I'm sure you will sail through this. So are you ready? Yes. The hardest thing about your job? Um, I'm both a psychologist and a babysitter. <laughs> One book or a blog that has influenced you the most personally and professionally? Jim Collins, uh, From Good to Great. Amazing book. Okay. Your most favorite superhero? Um, I had to take a breath on that. But I think really maybe a reflection of who I am, Batman. Will AI ever take over human interactions? I don't believe so. I think that the potential of AI is huge. And a lot of people today will say AI is not here yet. But I would tell you that I get in my car sometimes. I have to get out of my garage and onto my road. But I don't have to do much else to get to my destination. And that's AI at work. It's real. Mahe, it was a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for being on The 1% Show. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. My three key takeaways from this conversation are number one, finding problems that nobody is addressing adequately and building a business around it. Number two, expressing complex situations in the most simplest way for the end consumer. And number three, innovation happens by getting to the maximum number of consumers so that you get to understand their problem statement and adapt your product accordingly. 
You can find the show notes for this episode and every other episode on 1%.live. If you enjoyed this conversation, share it on social media and leave a review. See you next time.